0: Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. Thank you that in the midst of your people today, that you're speaking, you're touching lives, and uh, God, that you're giving direction, you're helping, Lord, your grace, everything that you do is the the power of heaven, what you do in our lives, it's grace and it changes us, transforms us, and we're so grateful, God. Thank you that today I'm not the same person as I was yesterday because you're changing me. And that tomorrow, like there's hope, Lord, because you're involved in our lives. I'm so grateful, God, for the journey that you've taken me on. And Lord, so grateful for the opportunity to to, to keep going, to face tomorrow. And uh, Lord, we just have confidence because you're in our lives, Lord, that the future is bright. There's hope. And Lord, I pray that that hope would be infused into each person today, that they would touch it, feel it, experience it, God dwelling with them. Lord, I thank you. And I pray and commit this time to you, God, asking that you would speak, give revelation and wisdom so that we would know Jesus more. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. kind of gathering my wits about me right now. There's, the Lord has just been, honestly, this morning, it, I I've, I've felt my heart continue to be massaged. Just like the Lord touching my emotions, but at the same time, challenging my thoughts. Um, I don't know how it works for you on a Sunday morning, if it's just about, like, getting up, becoming pretty, going to church, or uh, or what what it is, but you know, I, I feel like sometimes moms struggle to get out the door and then you feel the pressure of it. and You're like, "Ah, oh, we're going to be late. And, and all of that, just the tension of, of this experience sometimes isn't fun. You know, when we get here, we feel like we're connected to the Lord's presence and there's peace. But it's not always fun trying to, to do all this. And so I just want to speak peace to you and uh, just know that it really matters. It matters what we're doing here. It matters. What, what God does among his people is the, the power to transform society. What, what he does in, in spirit and in our hearts, it, it has the power to transform your family, to bring change, real change. And uh, I just want to encourage you that God's at work in your life. Like, Do not give up hope. Things may be difficult, but man, the Lord is involved in your life nothing is impossible i'm i'm gonna hit that phrase nothing is impossible i'm gonna hit that really hard today (laughs) nothing is impossible circumstances do not determine outcomes there are so many stories in history in the scriptures but as well as in just natural history. There's so many stories of adversity and things. It looks like all of uh, 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 the, the, the chips are in. It's obviously going to have this result. There is a warring army coming to invade Israel. I spent my quiet times this week studying the life of Hezekiah. We're going to touch on him or talk about him in a moment. But there's this story where, where Assyria invades Israel and dominates Israel, takes them off into slavery. Then they're after Judah, and they're approaching Jerusalem. And the foreign king begins to speak curses against Hezekiah. Hezekiah has decided he's not going to pay the foreign king. He's choosing. He's going to serve the Lord, not this invading army. And the army invading begins to mock God, begins to mock Hezekiah. The, the odds are astronomical against him. 150,000 soldiers have gathered around Jerusalem. This is a historical fact. 150,000 soldiers are lined up to take this city. Judah does not have the strength to, to defend themselves. It's not possible. They're all gonna die. Come on, I heard it. Say it again. But God. Isaiah, the prophet, comes and talks to the king and tells him, hey, do not worry about this invading army. I know, I know it, the information tells you this is a bad day. <laughs> the information has stacked against you. The odds are not in your favor. The diagnosis has come in. You're going to die. That is what this is like. You got the report from the from the doctor and he said you have x amount of months to live you're going to die the information is astronomical 150,000 soldiers you're going to die hezekiah your god cannot save you and then isaiah the prophet comes to him and says hezekiah don't worry about all that noise i know there's a lot of noise out there don't worry about that god heard the words of that foreign king And he's offended at him. He's just going to go ahead and take care of it. You're not even going to have to fight. He's just going to take care of it. Right? And they wake up one morning and they go out into the field of battle because the army has left except for all their dead remain. And 150,000 people died overnight as the angel of the Lord just killed the enemy. Uh, There's there are testimonies at times that just baffle me. I love them so much. I'm so happy that God does this. But people will come in, and they'll be worshiping. And then like, a tumor just disappears. Like, God just does all the work. You didn't have to fight for it. He just does it. Just God, you're worshiping, you're declaring that he is the Lord over your circumstance. And then God just goes ahead and takes care of business. That's amazing. That's amazing. The word of faith, you trusted God, and then God went ahead and took care of business. He was your defense. This is what happens to Hezekiah. Hezekiah believes the prophet's word, and God just wins the battle on their behalf. They wake up the next morning, all the plunder is there, and it's a good day, amen? That's amazing. This morning, I want to tell you, that it does not matter what the odds say against you, and it does not matter what the world has stacked against you. The circumstances of this world, these things shake whenever God gets involved. Heaven does not move. Heaven is unshakable. God's kingdom is unshakable. The world changes. The world will be shaken. Anytime God does something... It causes systems in the world to fail because they are not eternal. History tells us that, that every hun, you know, couple hundred years, no matter what kind of empire was ruling, that a, a kingdom of the world is not eternal, that it will shake, that it will fall apart. But God's kingdom is established eternally. It does not change. The life of the believer is a calling to align your life with what heaven is doing. And as you believe what God is saying, as you align your life with the unshakable kingdom, then no matter what's happening in this world, no matter what circumstances are stacked against you, at any moment, any moment, one word. Changes everything. Amen. At one word, you can have a diagnosis that says you have three months to live. Let me tell you, if the doctor gives you that diagnosis, I would pause, step back and make sure that heaven was a part of that declaration. I would choose not to align with and/or agree with a temporary thing. Step back and hear what heaven has to say about that. Are you alive today? The enemy came in like a flood, was going to destroy Hezekiah, but Hezekiah hears the word from the prophet, and in one night, everything changes. That's your circumstance. It's your circumstance. It all can change. Repeat after me. Nothing's impossible. I was in uh, the Philippines, and uh, we it was a small team of us, we landed uh, three days after a very, very treacherous typhoon had come through the Philippines. And uh, this is uh, several years back now, but um, when it hit landfall, it absolutely removed the cities that were in its path. There was a very large city called Tacloban, that just completely was destroyed. There's nothing left, no remains of it. The typhoon just literally wiped it off the face of the earth. And we landed after this, you know, three days after this. And so the the nation is kind of just reeling. A lot of people in pain, a lot of people. At, At that time, there were some voices that were saying, this is God's judgment against the Philippines. And there were people claiming to be prophets of God saying, oh, this stuff is a result of sin. And, and it was just a lot of noise and pain. And so we, we held this gathering. It was about a thousand pastors that came together. It was myself, the team was being led by a man by the name of Leif Hetland, if anybody knows Leif. <laughs> It's a good friend of ours, good friend of this house, good friend of mine, a mentor in my life. And Leif and and myself, there's three other people. There's five of us total. We went to this, this event. There's a thousand pastors from the Philippines and we're speaking courage over them and hope and, and then just ministering to the, to what had happened. Loving on them. And, and in the midst of this event, there was an altar call and there was, I don't know, I mean, literally everyone came forward to receive prayer. And, and so, Five of us, a thousand people, you can imagine. It's kind of a a circus. And I looked over at my friend Leif, and he's praying for people, and the power of God is hitting people. I mean, really, really hitting people powerfully. Falling on the ground and just shake, rattle, and roll. Like, pray for somebody, and boom, God touches their life. A bunch of people around them also just, like, really experiencing the touch of God. And I, myself, I'm praying for people, I'm prophesying over them, and, and there's effect. There's effect for my ministry, but I, I, when I'm looking at what God was doing over there, I recognize that God was doing something significant, but I wasn't tapped into it. I, I was doing something, I'm trying, I'm ministering the best I know how, but my confidence was not seeing this kind of result. And the Holy Spirit spoke into my heart, and he just said, hey, just, just honor what I'm doing over there. Just honor it. Recognize that I'm moving and, and thank me for what I'm doing over there. Don't get all in yourself that you're not able to do something. Don't get caught up in whatever. Just honor. And so I was praying for this group of people and I looked over and I was like, and it's in my heart. I'm having this conversation inside my head. Right? I'm praying for people, when I'm still having this conversation in my head. And, and I'm like, I'm just like, God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing through life right now. Thank you for touching people's lives. Thank you, Lord. I just, I just honor, honor what you're doing. And then I felt something, and then I looked back, and the whole group of people I was praying for are on the floor, experiencing the power of God. Now I know, and so do you, that that wasn't me. Okay? What happened... And my humble opinion is that when we recognize what God's doing and then begin to agree with what God's doing, it will begin to happen in our lives too. Okay, The the problem often is that we have our own agendas and we're doing our own thing. But if we will come into agreement with what heaven is doing, then what heaven wants to have happen starts to happen through us. It's really that simple. It, it doesn't need to be super mystical. It literally is. We align with heaven. And when we come into it, we agree with God. And when we agree with God, God's stuff happens. Something happens when humanity believes what God is saying. When our trust, when our trust is, is not just in agreeing with each other, when our trust is rooted in what God is saying, something supernatural happens. The scripture calls this faith. Everyone say faith. faith. Okay, we're going to do a deep dive into this. I'm going to tell you some stories. We're going to look at the scriptures. But my goal today, what I want us to walk away with, is that rooted confidence in what you see, happening in your life, the confidence when you make a decision for that confidence not to be based on circumstances, but that confidence to be rooted in heaven, when you make that kind of choice, it changes the world around you. Because the world moves, heaven does not. Are you alive today? I'm going to tell you a secret. It's a secret that everybody knows, but the world doesn't like us to to talk like this. If you become convinced, utterly convinced, that the Lord is wanting to do something, you become convinced of it, and you begin to take actions on it, there's nothing in the world that can stop you. When faith touches your life, you begin to act upon it, There's nothing, no demonic power, no system in the world. Nothing can stop what God wants to do. This is Matthew 17, 20. Jesus was talking to his disciples. They were having a hard time, and he said, the reason that it wasn't working out is because they didn't have faith. Matthew 17, 20. He said, it's the littleness of your faith. That's why it didn't happen. But I'm telling you that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, really, really small... You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. For nothing is impossible for you. That statement, man, it's so audacious. You'll speak to a mountain, it'll move. If you become convinced about something, nothing is impossible. Everybody makes decisions. Everyone in humanity makes decisions. And we do the best we can. I think that the world, for the most part, is doing the best that they can. At the root of motives, it might not be Christ-like, but for the most part, people do the best they can. They might be selfish, and so the outcome is selfish, but for the most part, nobody's trying to fail. Nobody's making decisions with the intention of trying to fail themselves. They do the best that they can. At the core, however, of every decision that is based on worldly information, at the core of every decision that has, they, they have researched, they're, they're making the best decision that they know how, at the core of those decisions Every single leader has insecurity. It's a secret. Shh, don't tell anybody, okay? But people's minds can be changed. They might present themselves as bold. They may be holding the line. But at the core of every decision that is based on world information, at the core of it, It is built on something that will change. It is not eternal. Therefore, there is an insecurity that's woven into all of humanity's decisions. Every system that has been built has the capacity to change. Every system. The world will not be able to stand before eternity putting its finger on something. The world changes when eternity touches it. People do their best, but nobody's perfect. So when your boss or your manager or your leader makes a decision that affects other people, they're doing their best, but somewhere deep inside of them, there's a little doubt that creeps in and wonders if this is the right decision. Every single one. Now, why is that a secret? Because if you become convinced of something and you're willing to walk that thing out with conviction, no matter how the odds are stacked against you, you can be the agent that brings change to the whole system. Because it is not eternal, but if you root it in faith and you start to take decisions based on faith, you work those things out, I'm telling you, the world will have to move around you. Nothing is impossible. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. Anybody hearing me? Anybody? Okay, a few of us. Mm-hmm. This is Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. The question is, what's faith then? Okay, let's just define it. Let's use the Bible to do so. Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Verse 2, for by it, men of old gained approval. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. For by it, men of old gained approval. Faith is becoming sure about something that has not yet happened. You, You become convinced. It hasn't happened yet, but you're convinced that it's going to happen. This is faith. Faith is an assurance. Faith is being sure about something that has not yet happened. It becomes a conviction to you, and you're so convinced that you take action upon it because you have hope that things are going to change. But look at the second part, because this is a key to understanding. You may have heard that first stuff before. But look at the second verse there. For by it, men of old gained approval. What's that mean? This one, once you see it, you'll you'll get it. The scripture is filled with stories of people who did radical things for God. They believed God in the face of adversity, and then supernatural stuff happened. Amazing. Heaven shook the world, and God continues to do so. And you and I, we can choose to believe God, have faith, and see, watch as the world changes to align with heaven. That thing is real. The stories in Hebrews 11 are, we call it kind of the heroes of faith. All the people who have done this in history. These people did impossible things. But how did they do it? Well, they had an assurance. Something inside of them, they became convinced. A conviction. A conviction. That something was to take place. And so they started to make actions towards it. But then this second phrase, this is the key, by the way. Look at your neighbor and go, I think this is the key. You should listen, okay? This is the key. For by it, all these old stories, they gained, the word is approval. That word means they, they acquired a heavenly witness. Approval. They, they got agreement from heaven. There was a conviction inside of them. They knew it was supposed to happen. They started taking actions. And then heaven met them somewhere in the midst of it and agreed with them. Yes, that's to happen. That word approval means a divine agreement, a heavenly agreement. So Gideon makes a decision and the angel of the Lord shows up. Yeah, you're right. And then faith is born to do something impossible, right? Hezekiah makes a decision. He's going to rebel against Assyria. So what happens? Isaiah the prophet shows up and goes, yeah, don't worry about that that joker. God's going to take care of him. This happens over and over and over. There is a divine agreement. And when heaven agrees with that moment, in that moment, something supernatural begins to happen. A God thing is about to take place. Y'all, that stuff stills happening today. That stuff still happens today. We're not just wacky charismatics. Okay? I mean, y'all, there, there's a few of you who are wacky. It's fine. But you're in good company, okay? We, we're, this isn't, we're not a feel-good club. We're not a bless-me club. No, no, no. No, we have come to understand something. We know that God is still involved with humanity. Yeah. And we know that that there's a role that we have to play in this. And so you can do things on purpose that come into alignment with heaven and you get to see God do stuff. It's awesome. I promise you, if you start praying for the sick, you're going to start seeing people get healed. But I can also make the opposite promise. If you're like, God doesn't heal today and you don't pray for the sick, you're probably not going to see it happen. Which is right. You both are. Your actions had to line up with it. You get it, yeah. This stuff though, what we're gonna get into here, this faith thing, this is it's critical, mission critical, because if you learn to understand this, if you begin to do this on purpose, you'll see the supernatural a part of your life regularly. This is Romans 10, 17. How does faith come about? It's actually a repeat from Hebrews 11:1, but one and two, but it, it says it in different words. This is Romans 10 verse 17. "Faith comes from hearing. Hearing by the word of Christ. This chapter is about how salvation comes to humanity, how people get saved. How does someone get faith and then salvation comes? Well, this: faith comes by hearing. Those ideas that you have, that conviction, that when, when you become convinced about something, it, it came from somewhere. You didn't just conjure something up. I wish you could do that. I wish you could just be like, I think it's so, I think it's so, I think it's so. There's a lot of nonsense in the world right now, by the way, around this. Like, if you just will get your inner self t- to agree with it, then it'll manifest for you. Okay. Okay whoa, hold the train. Okay, here's the problem, that that kind of teaching is based on principles that are true, but the world has a perversion in it. Okay, so coming into alignment with your higher power, yeah, okay, as long as we're talking about Jesus. Yeah, okay. Manifesting an unseen reality. Okay, that's what faith literally is. We're talking about a biblical principle here. But if it's attached to selfish reasons, then that would be a bummer. Yeah? Okay. Look at this. Faith comes from hearing. Something inside of you heard, you aligned with it, you came from somewhere. Okay, this passage of Scripture is talking about how salvation came to the Romans. Paul is saying to them, listen, Humanity, as Christ came into the world, humanity was beginning to yearn for a Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. There had been teachings that God was going to bring forth a divine king, Jesus. That the Messiah was coming, and so everybody is looking for him, yearning for him. They're looking to see this manifestation. Something on the inside told them that a Messiah is coming. And so their faith was looking for an unseen reality. And then when the word of Christ came, so someone told them, yeah, you're looking for the Messiah? Yeah, it's Jesus. As soon as the word of Christ came, it confirmed. Everyone say confirm. It gave a heavenly witness to what was already cooking inside of them. So that when this yearning and this preparation of what God had been stirring in humanity heard the word of Christ, this is Jesus, the Messiah, boom, suddenly their faith partners with God's grace and salvation begins to pop off amongst the Gentiles. Are you alive? Okay that process is the same process for any and every supernatural thing that happens in life. Any action that produces a God result, it's the same process. You have a stirring, an identity, something inside of you where God has spoken to you, you have a knowing. And that knowing is causing you to take actions. And then when you're talking to somebody else and then they say the same thing that's happening inside of you, you feel that connected force. There's an agreement. Something in you goes, yes. That agreement, that power, that thing confirms, affirms. And if it's a God thing, faith is born. Faith does not come from earthly to earthly information. Hear me out if you believe something to be true, let's say science. I love science, by the way. I'm in the God against it. I just understand that there's more at work than just scientific principles. Okay. I I love it. I think at the center of everything, eventually they're going to go, oh man, there's a God. Like I do. I think they're digging deep enough now. They're going to suddenly bump into him. I don't know what they're looking for through that James Webb telescope, but, you know, wouldn't it be awesome at the end of it all to, like, God's, like, peering through space? <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not afraid of science because science continues to affirm what we've already known by faith. We know these things. We already knew these things. Right? So, uh, but, but information that comes from the world confirms other information that comes from the world, that doesn't produce faith that changes anything. If you get a diagnosis from a doctor who says you're dying from a disease, if you go to Google, okay, if you're looking for, for your second witness to agree with, you type in your symptoms on Google, guess what, guess what she's gonna tell you? Yep, you're dying. Does that have the power to change anything? No. No. Information to information will never produce faith. No, you have to see beyond. Amen. Okay, faith comes from God, it comes from touching the supernatural. It comes from eternity. It comes from a human being touching something eternal. Amen. You see it, you get a glimpse of it, and then suddenly you begin to make decisions that are different than the world around you. You're like an anchor in time. The world's trying to rush through and change, and you're just an anchor holding your spot. You're you're just like, we refuse. I'm sorry. It's not true. I don't care what you're saying. Science. uh, I don't care what you're saying. It's not true. We've touched heaven. We can see it. It's just not real. So you can be mad at me. You can scream at me. You can do all you want, but I'm sorry. It's just faith undoes whatever you're saying. Hmm. 2nd Kings 20, Hezekiah and Isaiah, it's a great story. This is verse 1, 2nd Kings 20. In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. Everyone say mortally ill. Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him. All right, let's see what's happening here. Hezekiah is a king, and his job is to lead God's people. So Hezekiah is doing the best that he can. He's making decisions. He's ruling. That's his job. Isaiah is a prophet. The prophet's job is to be listening to God. It's to make sure that that we're hearing what God's saying that's the prophet's job. So Hezekiah gets sick. So who does he call? He wants to hear what God has to say about his sickness. When the invading army came, and they're going to be destroyed, what Hezekiah do? He called Isaiah to hear what God had to say about it. And then Hezekiah chose to agree with the prophet. And when he agreed with the prophet, the two agreeing on a heavenly item in faith produced a supernatural result. When two or more agree on earth, the thing matters established, right? But agree with what? Not with each other, agree with heaven. Okay? So Hezekiah calls for Isaiah and goes, Hey, am I going to die? What's God say? Isaiah the prophet came to him and said, thus says the Lord. Man, that statement, thus says the Lord. I think maybe, I mean, maybe two times in my life I've said, thus says the Lord. Maybe, that might be an exaggeration actually. I'm very careful to say that kind of stuff. Why? Because uh, I know I'm seeing something. I know I'm perceiving. I know I'm trying to hear but man, people mess it up. I might be interpreting it incorrectly. There's a lot that can go on there. So I can share with you what I feel, what I'm seeing, what I think I'm saying. But, I, but a thus saith the Lord, it's like the law. You don't have an opinion in this matter. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah? Can I encourage us as a church? Let's get rid of that out of our vocabulary, especially when prophesying. Prophecy is about edifying people, building them up, comforting them. It's not about determining futures. You're not deter- you don't have the power to determine someone else's future, so don't tell them this is what's going to happen. Eh, they have power to make choices. They could just literally choose not to do what you're doing. Are you with me? Okay. That's not this relationship, though. Hezekiah calls on Isaiah so that he knows what God wants him to do. So there's a pressure in this moment. Isaiah can't mess this up. He's got to get it right. Because Hezekiah is going to agree with whatever Isaiah says. Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, you're going to die. A message from the Lord. What does Hezekiah do? This is so powerful, y'all. He turns his face to the wall and he prays to the Lord, God, remember. Remember. Remember, O Lord, how I beseech you, how I've walked before you in truth with my whole heart, how I've done what's good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, before he could get out of the room, the word of the Lord came to him and said, return to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, and say, whoops, Just kidding. (laughs) Thus says the Lord, the God of your father, David, I heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I'm going to heal you. On the third day, go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. I'll deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own namesake, for David. Then Isaiah said, "Take take a cake of figs they put it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah, the king, said to Isaiah, what will be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I should go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? And Isaiah said, this shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go up 10 steps or back 10 steps? So Hezekiah answered, he asked, Isaiah asked him, hey, do you want the sun to go backwards or forwards? It's easy for the shadow to decline. So let's make the shadow go back up. And Isaiah the prophet then cried to the Lord and he brought the shadow on the staircase back up 10 steps It confirmed the word of the Lord. Okay, there's so much going on here, but I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. Isaiah, thus says the Lord, you're going to die. The king, oh, man, bummer. God, forgive me. Like, have mercy on me. Remember that I I really am trying to do your will. God to Isaiah, hey, turn around. Humble yourself and tell him I heard his prayer. I wonder sometimes if when we get information You see a vision, you have a dream, you get information from heaven. If it's really a downward directed thing, or if God is looking to see how your heart responds. I wonder if God's trying to have a conversation with us. And instead, we're like, okay, God, we got it from here. I wonder sometimes with prophetic people, if we're looking for the information so hard, that when we see something, we just go, oh, that must be it. And then this is what God's trying to do. So we see there's consequences coming for America. There's consequences coming. We made some really bad choices along the way. There's consequences coming. No empire has ever existed beyond 200, 300 years. There's consequences coming. Like, it's just, this is the cycle. We got to make some changes, right? I wonder if prophets are seeing the consequences coming and the Lord is showing them. And then we're like, well, that's because God's judging America. And then we begin to prophesy and decree the thing that we saw, not realizing that the Lord was sharing the information to see how our hearts responded. If you know the heart of your father, you know that he does not want any to perish. None. He ain't trying to destroy. He paid for the sins of the world. That stuff is already taken care of. This is a faith issue. I wonder if sometimes the Lord searches to and fro over the face of the earth to see if there's somebody who will agree with what his heart is saying. And he's crying out for mercy over people. And I wonder sometimes if the church, like I just wonder, Have we become so irritated by the world that when we hear things could go bad, we're like, oh, yep, that's what's going to happen. Deserve it. And the Lord's going, oh, I thought maybe we could have a conversation and I could find somebody who would cry out for mercy. Lord, would you sweep away the righteous and the unrighteous at the same time? Lord, Even with Sodom and Gomorrah, God was going to spare them for a very, very small amount of people. Are we so keen on agreeing with destruction, consequences? Are we so keen on looking for that stuff that we're failing to understand what God's actually after? Are you alive? So God tells Isaiah, you're going to die and is actually initiating a conversation. He's not giving him the diagnosis. He's looking to see what happens and look at what takes place. In that moment, Hezekiah responds in humility, God, have mercy. And in that moment, God goes, all right, I like your heart position. Let's go ahead and heal you. Isaiah, the prophet, whoops, just got the word. You know, yeah, that's got to be a tense situation. It's got to not feel good. Okay? He's got to correct it, retract, got to do whatever, right? Isaiah's a part of this conversation now. So now, look at what takes place. <laughs> I love this. Hezekiah goes, hey, because I got to go to the house of the Lord and present myself in that place, the holy place, where if I go in there with a the disease, God says he kills you. It's not okay. Unclean. Yeah? Because of that, I'm going to go ahead and need a sign to confirm that I should do that. And since Isaiah, you know how we just (laughs) flip-flopped? I would like to find out from heaven which one's right. Isaiah goes, ah, I like it. And then a sign or a wonder confirms what God's saying. Can I tell you, church, that signs and wonders are supposed to be a part of the Christian faith? I don't know if we know how to, to do them. And so this is kind of an issue. And so that's why I'm coaching you a little bit this morning. But Isaiah goes, all right, what's the sign? Should you, do you want it to go up ten, st- 10 stairs or down 10 stairs? Would you like time to go forward or backwards? How should we play this out? Right? Hezekiah goes, ah, oh, let's make it the hard one. Look at Isaiah's response. So Isaiah goes away and begins to cry out to the Lord. Okay, why? Because it's the prophet's job now, by faith, to make this happen. I I know that we get encouraging words. I know that the Lord is communicating to people. He's speaking to people. I want to remind you of something. That that, that when you hear from heaven, that, that when you begin to make choices that are rooted in what God's saying... That, that nothing on earth can stop it from taking place. That, that when God speaks to us, that our heart in our conversation with him matters. That, that he's taking into account your responses. And we're looking for alignment with heaven. We're looking for a heavenly witness to what we think should happen. If you want to make decisions that transform the world around you, then they need to be rooted in God's voice. I have lots of good ideas of the things that I think should happen. I got a lot of that. I got opinions on everything if you want them. Okay? But those opinions turn into faith when I hear the Lord speak. As a leader, I make the best decisions I can. I I try, really try. I study, I work hard. I'm continually like looking for better ways, trying to grow, trying to become a better leader because I, I feel personally like part of my calling is to help people align their lives with what God wants to have happen. And so so this is kind of what I've spent my life on, just coaching people and talking to people, helping them to make decisions that are in alignment with what God's purposes are for them. And in the process of doing this over and over, so many times, this is like what I do all the time, just continuously I study the Proverbs to absorb wisdom so that I can help coach people. I, I look at the systems of the world and I'm trying to get better at this intentionally because I know that if God's people will make faith decisions, everything will change. I know that the industry that you are in, how it looks dark, and, and just how can world can world can, can God touch or do anything in Hollywood. No, no, no. I know that one person who agrees with God is enough to flip the script. I know that all it takes is a Daniel working in the Oval Office. Doesn't even need to have the main seat. Just a counselor. I know that all it takes is one prophetic person who is listening to heaven and then counseling with heaven's advice. I know that all it takes is that to flip the nation. It's not a loss. Are you kidding me? So then listen to me. What if God has strategically placed each one of you in families and in businesses and in cities all around, and you you are righteous people. What if all of us just chose to, I don't know, slow down our decisions, tune in with God, find out what's happening, and then make decisions based off that heavenly witness. Are you alive? I got a little bit of a show and tell thing here. This is a—it's called a sextant or an astrolabe for uh, it's a version of an astrolabe. It's, it's how you navigate on the open seas just by the stars. Uh, this belonged to a good friend of mine. It was given to me just recently. Uh, my friend went on to be with the Lord, and so he's in heaven now. But he used to navigate the seas with this. And uh, and it's a treasure. It's a treasure to me, but it symbolizes something because in this, you use this by looking at the heavens and looking above. It's, you find a point of reference above so that you can navigate your choices below. You find direction by looking up. You're looking for a witness in the heavens to align your decisions here on earth. You're process of walking with the Lord, I know that if you'll just literally, if you'll learn to hear God's voice, if you'll learn to hear His voice, you'll begin to make decisions in faith that change industries. You don't need to come up with the grand scheme of things. You're you're a part of the body. You're not the whole thing. Uh, Some of us have, like, wild schemes and ideas. If we all just do that and this and that, then we can flip the script and, ah, okay, awesome. I'm not that smart. I'll trust you, but I also just trust God. I just think he's smart. So I'm going to go ahead and listen to what he's saying and just do what he's wanting me to do, and he's going to do that for the same for you, and he will conduct the orchestra in unity and make amazing stuff happen. Are you alive? But all of this... All of this happens as a result of hearing his voice, a heavenly witness. If you'll make decisions in faith, stuff can change, transform. If you'll make decisions based on on, on heaven, signs are easy. You just literally have to declare them. I, I, I was in the Philippines another day. It was a different time, different trip. We were... Um, we were at this brand new facility, and we were praying. It was a house in the middle of Manila, and they were going to use it to feed the poor. And, and we were setting it apart. We're commissioning it, this facility. So it was a group of us just standing in the yard. The, it's still under construction, and we're praying. And I was feeling heaven's agreement on this so powerfully. Like God was in this. And, and so I was looking, though, at the group, and it was like we're out of sync. It was like heaven is screaming yes and amen, but we weren't really feeling it. But I was seeing the heavenly witness and so this thing erupted out of me. I just interrupted the prayer time. It was like, "Hey guys." It was totally inappropriate. I was out of a line, but I just there's sometimes you just can't hold back. Right? So I said, "Hey guys." It's like heaven is agreeing with our prayer right now. It is he the Lord is saying, "Yes." And as a sign, and this just boiled out of me. I was like, and as a sign that God's about to perform what you guys were just praying, there is going to be a downpour of rain on this place. And as I said my amen, literally lightning cracked off like two blocks away. And we began to hear the roar of rain come sweeping towards us. We had thirty seconds to collect everything that was in the yard, and the barbecue, and all the celebrations, and get in inside before the deluge of rain came on us. What was the effect? Do you think maybe the confirmation of the sign helped the rest of our faith? Are you kidding me? Yes. Suddenly, faith explodes. Was the sign for God or for people? It's for people. You are those who have signs and wonders follow you. You just got to tell, you just got to point them out as a sign. Like, you, if you know that God wants to do something, go ahead. Start to test it out. Try it out. Watch as God starts doing supernatural stuff. Don't be afraid. Oh, what if I look dumb? Okay, you've looked dumb before. What's, I don't know what the problem is. You know what that's like. That shouldn't be scary, right? I mean... <laughs> Here's my final secret of the day, and then uh, we close, okay? The final secret is this. Every time you seek the Lord and you hear his voice, every single time you begin to make decisions and take action from faith, that is rooted in an unshakable kingdom. And every time you hear the Lord speak and you become confident in your decisions, those faith inspired choices have the potential to shake any world system. Nothing can stand in your way. You plus God in faith can transform society. It's going to take a couple of decisions though. Here's your decisions, ready? just stand to your feet. I want you to put a hand on your own heart and we're just gonna, I'm gonna declare these things and if this is you, you just affirm them, okay? Decide today that you're gonna slow down your decisions just long enough to pray and seek God and hear what he has to say. That one decision will transform your life. Like, if you just... Just don't, just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Stop that. Stop it. Slow down before you make a decision. Just go, Lord, where are you in this? I would like to agree with what you're doing. Right? It's like me praying for those people. Like, it's good. It's good ministry happening. But as soon as I started agreeing with what God was doing, supernatural stuff starts happening. What do you want? Just slow down and ask the Lord where he's at in the process and then just do what he's doing. That's the first decision. Slow down your decisions long enough to pray and hear what God has to say. Number two, decide today that when you hear the Lord speak, that you will make your decisions rooted in his words. Let his word affect how you think. Just choose. You're going to root your decisions in what God has to say. Number three, listen to the counsel of others. Decide today. This is our decisions that define your future. Decide today that you're going to listen to the counsel of others. Wait until there is a confirmation of two or more witnesses. Confirm the matter before you jump. I'm telling you, if you'll just literally just slow your roll and wait for it to come up, in a conversation with somebody else where the where the idea you had is confirmed, soon as that confirmation happens, then begin to make decisions. If you'll just do that, whoo, stuff will begin to roll, I'm telling you. All of that's about timing for things. You might have heard it right, but it might not have been the right time. And then the last decision. Decide today to be teachable, to be humble. When you're not 100% confident, please remain open to hearing God speak through others. Do not allow pride to harden your heart from hearing God's voice through other people. This is a practice of mine. I am constantly asking what people are hearing from God. And part of this is because I'm bouncing my ideas off of people, and I'm waiting for the confirmation because I know that when that stuff comes, it's time. But we need to be coachable, teachable, remain humble, stay like little children. If we choose to make these decisions, quite literally, when we hear God's voice and we choose to live our lives in humility, there is no system of the world there is no demonic influence that can stop God's kingdom from moving forward. Nothing is impossible. Lord, this place today, we make these decisions. Come on, would you just before the Lord this morning, to say, Lord, I just choose, I choose you. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what you're doing, what you're saying. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning for an impartation. God, for those who have struggled in hearing and perceiving what you're saying, God, I pray that you would give grace to them. Lord, unlock the hearing ear that they might hear and know what you're saying, Lord. I pray, God, that you would speak through one another, Lord, and there would be great affirmation and confirming of your words, Lord, among your people. Lord, I thank you that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, for impossible situations that they would turn. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. If you came in here today and you'd say, Pastor Jamie, I, I feel far away from God. I hear what you're saying, but man, I feel so distant from him. If that's you today, if you, if you want to know the Lord, then it starts by hearing what I've been saying about Jesus today and just receiving for yourself. So if that's you today, all you got to do is pray with me is I'm going to pray out loud. You can just go ahead and you just pray out loud with me. Just affirm it in your heart and Jesus will forgive you and mercy will touch your life and this journey will begin. So I'm going to ask you, church, would you just, all of us, would every single voice, would you repeat after me? Just pray this prayer and those who are truly meaning it, if this is for you, boy, you know it in your heart and God will touch your life today, okay? So with every voice, would you please pray this with me? Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus that he died for me in my place and today I choose to trust you I surrender my life to you Jesus please be my Lord my Savior please forgive me wash me clean that we can walk together the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, would you please confirm your word today with signs and wonders? God, I thank you that in the week ahead, that each one, Lord, would begin to receive God dreams, that their prayer life, there would be that affirmation of knowing you were hearing and that you're speaking back to them. I pray that the sign, Lord, that would accompany this is this week as they're in your Bibles and and they're reading your word, Lord, that they would hear your voice. I pray, Lord God, that in your prayer times, that they would hear you speaking back to them and there would be an affirmation that comes. Father, I'm asking specifically for this sign that, that, that as people share what they think that they've been hearing, God, that others would go, oh my goodness, I have been hearing that too that it would be confirmed with each person. God, thank you for these things. Now I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may his face shine upon you, may he be gracious to you and grant you his peace. You live your life under the dominion of his rule in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And anybody who dared to agree with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today? Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at ithehouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.